Inside the Groove is a podcast which dissects the music of Madonna, telling the story of how the songs were written, recorded and performed, giving an insight as to why Madonna has had a 40-year music career. Still influencing artists of today, Madonna's music has soundtracked the 80s, 90s, noughties and beyond. Find out why as we go Inside the Groove. Frozen by Madonna was released on the 27th of February 1998 as the lead single from the singer's upcoming album Ray of Light. Produced by William Orbit, it was the first taster for a dramatic new sound for the singer, which would herald a completely new and highly successful era some 15 years into her music career. Despite being a mid-tempo string ballad, the song would become a huge hit for the singer, who had not released original material for almost three years. Indeed, after her success with the movie Evita and the birth of her first child, many thought that Madonna's career was, well, over, or at least had died down. How wrong they were. The song was the highest performing from the Ray of Light album, reaching number one in Canada, Costa Rica, Finland, Greece, Honduras, Hungary, Italy, Spain and the UK, also reaching number one on the US Dance Club songs, one of the 50 that Madonna has so far enjoyed. I'll be telling the story behind the inspiration of the song, the movie The English Patient, and playing you the earliest demo with songwriter Patrick Leonard and talking about its influences. I'll also tell you the story of how William Orbit changed the song to make it the masterpiece it became, and also the lawsuit surrounding the string section of the track. I shall tell you how, in 2021, the song connected with a new audience thanks to TikTok and the subsequent remixes that Madonna recently released. So, for now, sit back, relax, give yourself to me as we go Inside the Groove. Welcome back to Inside the Groove. I hope you haven't missed the podcast too much whilst I took a tiny little break. And perhaps, well, I hope you enjoyed listening to those classic episodes all again. But we're now back for a fifth series and reverting to the familiar format of taking one Madonna song and telling the story of how it was made. But first, big news. Back in May of this year, we held the very first live episode at the Royal Vauxhall Tavern in London, welcoming around 200 Madonna fans to take part not only in an edition of the podcast, but also to dance and sing to Madonna's music. And the good news is that we're doing it again. This time, it takes place on 3rd of December, which is 40 years to the week since Madonna's very first single, Everybody, was released in the UK. We're back at the Royal Vauxhall Tavern from 2pm with the episode at 3pm and a disco taking us into the evening. I don't want to give too much away, but we'll have some exciting new statistics to give you as we celebrate the Queen of Pop's Ruby Jubilee. I'm also letting you know that the episode, which will be available online, will be the ultimate 
episode of the podcast. After almost three years and close to three quarters of a million downloads and stories about the biggest and not so big songs from Madonna's career, the podcast is for now reaching its destiny. So if you want to be there for the final trip inside the groove, head over to the website insidethegroove.co.uk and there you can purchase tickets for the event. Also, you can show your support and thanks by becoming a patron. You just have to pay a few dollars per month and that means you'll get more episodes and hear them before they are on general release. There's also links to buy Inside the Groove merchandise whilst you still can. But until then, we have a few tales to tell with songs such as This Used to Be My Playground, Like a Prayer and Human Nature. But for now, Let's start with a song that's been on every Madonna fan's lips lately, Frozen. Madonna gave birth to her first child, Lourdes, in October 1996, a few months before the release of Evita, the movie which she had filmed largely in Argentina at the beginning of the year. So other than a performance of the new song from the musical You Must Love Me at the beginning of 1997 at the Oscars, little else was heard from the singer, who also gave away no plans about her future musical career. However, as of June 1997, according to an assembly of demos on an in-house Maverick CD, Madonna had 14 new songs in progress, including a handfuls of songs written with Rick Knowles, such as The Power of Goodbye and To Have or Not To Hold, and five new songs written with long-term collaborator Patrick Leonard, four of which would make it onto the final album, then called Ray of Light almost a year later. Now, we can't be sure exactly when Madonna began working with Pat on these songs, but it was probably not long after giving birth to Lola, with her already improved vocals given new energy and a desire to make music, which is more spiritual in its inspiration. Now, Madonna had been very inspired by the movie The Sheltering Sky. It's a 1990 British-Italian drama starring Deborah Winger and John Markovich about a couple who journey to North Africa in the hopes of rekindling their marriage. Indeed, some of the Moroccan sounds and influences would end up on the finished album. Madonna told Pat that she wanted something really lush and romantic. She said, when he started playing some music, I turned on the dat and started free associating and came up with a melody. Now, although Madonna was happy with the songs that they were writing, she wasn't necessarily happy with where the production was going. Pat's production would have lent the songs more of a Peter Gabriel vibe, and that's not where I was looking to go. Have a listen to this song called Flirtation Dance, which would eventually become Skin. Then we have Pat's original demo of the song Sky Fits Heaven. And have a listen to this, a much smoother and more downbeat version of Nothing Really Matters. One song which would certainly change but would keep its core was the ballad called Frozen. And here is what the demo sounded like. You only see what your eyes want. 
Madonna's thoughts on his production process, which, well, may have been true, the quality of songwriting between the pair remains incredibly strong. Patrick Leonard talked about how their version of Frozen was written. In a brilliant interview for Boy Culture magazine, do check it out online, Patrick gave some details. He says, We went to Florida to write those songs. She and I were in touch, and we hadn't been in touch for a long time. I recently found the letters that went between us before we started work, where we decided to do this again. These letters say a lot about the decision process. It's, oh yeah, we wrote some really great songs together. Let's do it again. She did give me some direction early on. For Frozen, she said, I would like something that's the English patient meets Nine Inch Nails. We'd done the demos in Florida, which were quite different than what the record ended up because of William Orbit, who did genius work. But it was exotic, maybe not electronic necessarily, but maybe more exotic. We had a chance samples and were really planning on going for it in these crazy ways. And then William came along and she wrote me and then we spoke and she was very generous about saying, is it okay if I do this? because I think he's brilliant and I think it's a good idea. In the way these things go, all I could do was be supportive and as it turns out, I'm very glad I was. Patrick also shared a sort of half-terrifying and funny story. He says... When we were leaving Miami, having written those songs, I had a cassette which just said M on it, and I had a rental car, and when I returned to the car, I left the tape in it. When I got on the plane, I thought, oh my god, I've just left seven new Madonna songs on a cassette in a rental car. But they never turned up, so someone took that cassette out of there and they threw it away. Of course, Madonna eventually hooked up with William Orbit and over a four-month period in the second half of 1997, they completed the Ray of Light album with Orbit re-recording the Leonard and Rick Knowles tracks, Madonna adding her vocals to some of William's existing songs such as Candy Perfume Girl and the title track of the album and also a handful of original songs that they created together. William has talked about how he got the gig after being requested to send some material to Guy Uziri, who at the time was Madonna's A&R person at Maverick. He was unsure about it, but the artist he was working with at the time said, well, what have you got to lose? So he sent off some cassettes that had some completed tracks, some fragments of ideas, and some other stuff that he was working on at the time. Five days later, he got a call on his phone from Madonna. He said, how did you get my number? Dumbfounded, she said, it was written on the cassette. He travelled to her New York home and they sat and talked and she'd already recorded some ideas that she had for some of the songs including Murgo which at that time had simply been a piece of instrumental texture. She also played him some of the songs that she'd completed with other artists and including that of course was Frozen. Later that week they booked a studio in New York and recorded some vocal ideas that William would take away and work on. 
Talking to The Guardian, Woody Morbett said, The first time that we worked together on Ray of Light, it killed me. I was in a crisis with my family, which I put on hold. I remember getting very ill that winter at the age of 43. I was done in physically. It took months to complete. Madonna, who was a new mum at the time, cracked the whip. As hard as it was, it was an atmosphere in which I thrived. I flourished under that. She's a fabulous producer. When it says produced by Madonna and William Morbett, people don't always give her credit for that. But she's as responsible as me. One of the standout moments of the finished version of Frozen has to be Madonna's incredible vocal performance. Her voice was already sounding far improved following the training for the Evita movie, but Motherhood had changed her voice even further, and it is particularly audible on the song of Ray of Light. But here in Frozen, the vocals, which were re-recorded from Patrick Lennon's demo, sound richer than ever. William said of her voice, Her voice is so sweet on Justify My Love, Actually, erotica is so sweet. She has this voice that nobody else has. That's not actually anybody who can sound like her. She has a fantastic instrument, technically speaking. Let's have a little listen now to Madonna's raw, untreated vocal from Frozen. Mm-hmm. If I could melt your heart mm-hmm. We'd never be apart mm-hmm. give yourself to me mm-hmm. you such a beautiful vulnerability to her voice that especially on that final line where she goes ever so slightly out of tune she sounds absolutely beautiful and it's so at odds with madonna's own spiky personality that gets things done when people criticize madonna's singing i just think they're so wrong i think it's one of her strengths her ability to tell a story with a song and tell it so well But I know many of you listen to this podcast because you're interested in the more technical side of the production. And thankfully, William has talked a fair bit about how that was achieved. Following the vocal session at the Hit Factory in New York, just a few days after they first met, Orbit worked out with Madonna how they would make the album, what songs would be on it and how it would be completed. He then returned to the UK, packed up his gear and brought it to LA. Most of it is retro gear that he's owned for a very long time, such as the Korg MS-20, a monophonic synthesizer from 1978, which he says gave the much more spiky sounds on the album. And also the Juno 106 by Roland. He said that much of the album was done on the Juno and that he really likes Roland gear. The Juno was responsible for this keyboard part in Frozen, which plays quite a significant moment and has been used by Orbit elsewhere, including on the song Power of Goodbye. In terms of drum sounds, they had attempted to work with a live drummer and tracks were recorded in LA with a session drummer, but they felt it didn't work out. However, another drummer, Fergus Garand, came to Orbit's house in London and recorded lots of drum fragments, which were then chopped up by the producer and rearranged in a sequencer. Fergus's most straightforward drumming is clearly heard on the song Drown World in the chorus, but also in tracks such as Sky Fits Heaven, where Orbit plays around with the time signature. But one of the standout sounds in Frozen, which helps create the mystical Eastern and African ideals of Madonna's original vision, is the sample loop that sounds like this. (laughs) 
The luscious sound that Madonna wanted is achieved through strings. Now, in the Patrick Leonard demo version, this is just played on a keyboard. But Orbit recorded some actual orchestra for the song, including this solo of a flute, which is heard during the bridge section. There's no flautist listed, but it might well be Emma Fowler who played flute on Beautiful Stranger. That's just part of the beautiful string section, which was arranged by Scottish composer Craig Armstrong. Craig scored Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet a few years earlier, and will also be responsible for Moulin Rouge and The Great Gatsby. And I'll be playing you more of those gorgeous strings at the end of this episode. Although it wasn't officially released until the end of February 1998, a small portion of the song was leaked onto the internet a whole month earlier after the song had been played on a radio station in Singapore. It was released in the UK a month later and in the US a week after that, and was an immediate success globally, offering an exciting preview for Madonna's upcoming album. And it was accompanied, of course, by a video which was directed by British director Chris Cunningham, who had impressed Madonna with his work for Bjork and Aphex Twin. Shot in the Mojave Desert in the January, Madonna's movements are inspired by Martha Graham, whilst the morphing technique which uses CGI to turn her into ravens and a dog required her to wear a long black wig to aid the transition. The single would be accompanied by remixes from, of course, William Orbit, Victor Calderoni and also Stereo MCs, which Madonna would use as the basis for the live version of the song on her Drowned World tour. She's continued to play it on most of her stage shows ever since, including Madame X in 2019. In November 2005, a Belgian judge ruled that the opening bars of the song was plagiarised from the song Ma Vie Fou Le Camp, composed by Salvatore Aquaviva. The judge demanded the removal from sales of any further copies of the song, and it was forbidden to play it on TV and radio in Belgium. Madonna ignored this ruling when she played the song at the Sticky and Sweet Tour in, in Belgium, and in 2014 the original ruling was overturned. But what does that song sound like? Have a listen. I mean, there is a vague similarity, but the judge in 2014 ruled that it wasn't um, strong enough to cause any idea of plagiarism. Um, And so the whole ruling was completely overturned. On March 30th, 2021, Canadian dance producer Sitkick posted a video of him wearing his trademark mask, remixing Frozen on TikTok. Since then, the app, which allows users to dub audio from other videos onto their own, has been used in 125,000 unique video clips, often based around the cooking and hair pulling challenge. It's been watched over 26 million times, but as it's not an official release, Madonna was not being credited for streaming royalties. Consequently, in December of that year, Madonna released the Sick Kick remix officially to her streaming service. In March 2022, two additional remixes were released, the first one featuring Nigerian singer Fireboy DML and American rapper and singer 070 Shake on the second. Both of them had videos. And 
on May 19th. The fourth rendition of the remix was pushed to the digital retailers and streaming media, and it was entitled Frozen on Fire, and it features sick kick vocals while Madonna re-recorded some parts of the song. Again, this received a video. The fans are undecided on the artistic worth of Sick Kick's rendition. Some say that it is a reductive version of the original, which removes its heart, creating a lesser song. Others point to the fact that it has helped Madonna's music connect with the younger generation and brought her catalogue to a new audience. I mean, that's probably true, but I somehow doubt that they're now all listening to the Who's That Girl soundtrack. Who knows? Although it definitely did impact on the singer's streaming numbers. The song had little mainstream effect outside of the US. However, in America, it debuted at number 20 on Billboard's Hot Dance Electronic Singles chart, gathering 496,000 US streams. And on April 16th, 2022, the rendition ascended to number 10 on the chart, becoming Madonna's third top 10 song on the survey. In total, it's had 125 million streams since its first release. Whatever you think of Madonna's new version, the core of the song is its original premise to merge a luscious soundscape with an eastern influence. Next, I will be talking to you about This Used To Be My Playground, Madonna's 1992 movie ballad. If you want to hear it sooner than everyone else, become a patron. Just visit the website insidethegroove.co.uk to find out how. In the meantime, let's hear those isolated strings from the original version to be reminded why Frozen has to be one of Madonna's greatest ever releases. Bye for now, and take care. 